Career Day Live is a Stop Clowning Around production. You can learn how Stop Clowning Around helps people succeed in life and career by mastering the art of connection and relationships by visiting StopClowningAround.com or Facebook.com forward slash StopClowningAround. In today's episode of Career Day Live, our guest Kate Gamble shares with us what it's like to be an accountant. Now, I came into this episode with a stereotypical picture of what life as an accountant might be, and Kate really helped me understand how much bigger the picture can be for someone in this role and how much of an impact they can make to not only the organization, but the satisfaction they can bring with how much they help organizations succeed. If you like numbers, spreadsheets, and like making a difference, then this role might be for you. Kate, thank you for joining Career Day Live and sharing some of your knowledge about your line of work. I want to tell everyone what you do, but it's only fair that I allow you that opportunity. So, Kate, can you tell us what's your role and how'd you find it? Sure. Well, uh, first of all, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Um, yeah, my name is Kate Gamble. Um, up until recently, I was a senior accountant at a mid-sized company, about $52 million in annual revenue. Um, that may not sound mid-sized to some people, but it is. It's fairly smallish. Um, recently, though, uh, I have just embarked on my own adventure of being self-employed as a freelance accountant, so that's what I'm doing now. So let's go back a bit. Um, you came out of high school. You went to college. From my understanding, you pursued accounting early on. What led you to do that? Well, actually, um, my first year of college, I took an accounting course, and um I found that I enjoyed it. It came pretty easily to me. Um, within the second year, I was actually helping my church out with um, kind of their books and learning their accounting software. And so it just kind of became a natural course for me. So I just continued to pursue higher level courses. Um, and, you know, one thing led to another. And my very first job out of college was in accounts payable. So what's interesting about that is you ended up through some volunteering, or maybe it was uh, paid a little bit, but you were helping someone out, and that's what helped you find something that you actually enjoyed. Just a little sidebar to the conversation, how important would you say helping others or spending time practicing various roles, if you can find a way to do that, is to helping you find a path of passion that you'll actually enjoy within your career? Oh, I would say that that is huge. Um, in fact, I would definitely recommend spending time uh, trying to figure out what it is that you do enjoy, what things bring you some sort of contentment and joy as far as a vocation. And uh, like you said, as a sidebar to the conversation, I wasn't planning on going into this, but um, that definitely has played a key role in what I do now as a freelance accountant. Uh, because I have found that I really enjoy working with small business owners. 
I love talking with people about their passions in uh, creating businesses and um, providing jobs for other people. And I have found um, just immense satisfaction in uh, having those conversations and bring, bringing my own expertise and helping them do what they love to do. Um, so definitely, I think that that's hugely important to do what you like to do, what you enjoy doing, what you love to do, and um, somehow you end up finding uh, your niche. <laughs> I love the word niche because I think that's ultimately, you know, there's a saying out there that niches or, or actually the saying is riches are in the niches. And I find that to be the case in pretty much any career path that your income is ultimately driven by where you become a specialist at. And so when you're like everybody else and you're just average, you're going to get average pay. But if you can make yourself special or different or find a niche that, that someone needs and someone's willing to pay for, all of a sudden that's when you see your salaries go up. That's when you see income go up. Uh, so I like the way you just said that is it's all about finding your niche. Definitely. Yep. I agree. Well, let's talk accounting. You, you, you've you mentioned that you started out at, at, as an accounts payable person. You worked in a mid-sized company. You've worked in the small world. You're, you're now doing your own thing. Accounting in general. Now, I know from my history of work, when I look at accounting departments, there's a lot of specialists within that department. I'm not talking about the specialty roles. I'm talking about accounting in general for business. I would assume that in principle, accounting is the same regardless if it's a small business, big business. It just depends at what level you're involved in it. Would that be accurate or could you give me a better definition? No, that's a good description. Um, I used to have uh, a, a previous boss of mine used to say, it's the same thing whether you're invoicing 10 clients or you're invoicing, you know, 400 clients, it's the same bullet points, you know, tasks that you go through to get it all done. It's just, you know, more work, but it doesn't require any less or more understanding of the process, you know, um, or any less or more uh, knowledge or specific um education or anything like that. So yeah, in general, it's the same process, whether it's a small company or a big company. Um, but, but I will say that accounting jobs can be extremely varied and that depends on the size of the company and whether the company is publicly traded or not. Um, I don't know if you wanted to get into all that, but it can be extremely varied. Well, I really want our listeners to have a good understanding of what life is out or, or like out there in the real world. Um, the reality is most large companies are publicly traded without going into too much detail. I, I, I'm familiar with Surbanes-Oxley, but what would you say that difference is? Why, why would working in a private company and a public company be uh, different? Well, in a public company um – there are certain rules and regulations that have to be followed. Not that you don't follow them in a, in a privately held company, but um, it's such a large scale that for me, the biggest difference is each accounting department is really broken into many, many others. So your job as an accountant within a publicly traded company is going to be pretty much focused on basically one little slice of the pie, sort of like an assembly line worker. 
basically all day long, you're going to do this one thing. Whereas with a privately held company, usually smaller company, an accountant may have several hats, may have varying roles, very multifaceted. Um, and, and that's actually what I preferred. Um, I'm not really interested in the same thing all day long, every day. So then I'm going to assume that's ultimately what drove you to be in more of a freelance accountant. You decided, hey, I can help small businesses, but I also get fulfillment because I'm helping them with the entire accounting process. And then to me, that actually makes me think that you're probably a part of their overall financial strategy as well. That's exactly right. And accountants in general um, do have knowledge of business. And so being part of a financial strategy, uh, helping to look into the future, you know, help help solve problems before they arise would definitely be descriptive of an accountant um, for sure. Well, Kate, you know me a little bit, and this is no surprise to you, and quite frankly, probably no surprise to any of the listeners at this point. The idea of accounting to me seems like a miserable torture, but there's a, there's a possibility that I'm thinking of it incorrectly, but if I am, my personality does not fit the life of an accountant, because what I picture is someone who sits in a chair all day long and plays with spreadsheets. So I'm going to let you correct me. What does the day in the life of an accountant really look like? Well, that's not exactly too far off. Um, But if you're the kind of person who um, gets into the the nitty-gritty of a spreadsheet, you like to understand the workings of, you know, if I tweak this number, what happens? What about if I tweak these two numbers, then what happens? I mean, I know it maybe not to you, but to some people, that's kind of exciting. Um, I understand the concept of sitting in one place all day long does not sound appealing to a lot of people. Um, again, that can look different in a smaller company when you um, have many jobs rather than kind of one thing all day long. Um, in my previous role as a senior accountant, um, I actually was involved with a lot of people in different departments of the company. And so there's kind of a dialogue that continues all day long. Um, there may be something going on in the company. Maybe they're getting ready to launch a marketing thing. And so, you know, the guy, the head of this particular department wants to um, have you come up with some kind of a report that would show, hey, if we do this, you know, then what? Um, there might be. Um, a company-wide training event that's that's um, happening, and so you're involved in that. Um, so it's not just staring at a spreadsheet or three spreadsheets. Um, there are definitely different aspects to it. Um, but you're right; it's it's not for everybody. Um, for me, part of what drove me to kind of do my own thing is I really love the creative aspect. I know that seems really strange to say that accounting can be creative. But um, when I'm working with several different companies, I'm actually the one who is coming up with their system. How, how does this particular company um, need to get information A into a uh, format that makes sense for the owners, that makes sense for any investors that they may have? Um, so I really, really enjoy the creative aspect of 
coming up with systems and processes that others later in the future can follow. Um, and then, you know, moving on to the next thing and creating a new system and a new process for another company. I love that. And Kate, I need to be very clear to, to you and the listeners. When I say I would hate it, I'm not saying that it's a horrible job. What I'm saying is, uh, as a DISC certified behavioral uh, uh, consultant, we are all designed differently. And I'm just not designed to sit at a spreadsheet. It's just the way I am. But And if I tried, I would not be happy. At the same time, there's people who make great accountants and the idea of doing a podcast or the idea of speaking in front of others, that's just the worst mental thought for them. And, and so the reality is we are all designed for different purposes. And that's the whole point of Career Day Live too, is just to, to find where we would be a good fit and also where we shouldn't be. Because I think that sometimes finding our path in our life is more about finding what we shouldn't do than knowing exactly what we should do, because the shoulds just kind of happen over time. I could not agree more. Um, I, I Like you, I'm very interested in human dynamics and kind of social interaction, how teams work well together, helping teams work better together, uh, whether it's in businesses or other, you know, social type dynamics. Um, I completely agree, 100%. Now, there's an aspect of your conversation a moment ago that really jumped out at me and actually said, wait a minute, this might be more interesting than I actually thought. See, I envision spreadsheets, but you talk about the dynamic of being a part of every business decision. One thing that I take for granted, and I think many take for granted, is that everybody understands basic finance. And so I'm going to share a quick lesson of basic finance. If you spend more than you bring in, you're out of business. So <laughs> revenue has to be higher than your spend or cost. And it sounds like, in many ways, you're helping businesses understand the dynamic of, in many ways, basic finance. And I know it's not so basic when you get into the business aspect of it, but the reality is there's a lot of business owners that are great at so many aspects of their business, but not the numbers, and they go out of business simply because they did not manage the numbers correctly. Oh, for sure. In fact, that's, that's a lot of times that's my sales pitch, if you will, to um, when I'm looking for potential new clients is, hey, look, you are an amazing widget maker. You, you're great at making widgets. You have a vision for this business and you're good at it. Your accounting and bookkeeping, not so much. But let me take that off of your plate so that you can focus on what you are good at. And um, I can help you make your widgets maybe less expensively. I can help you increase your revenue, sell more of them. Um, so definitely, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, uh, a lot of, I see this a lot. A lot of business people um, are great at what they do and they, they think on the surface, that doing accounting, doing a little bit of bookkeeping, hey, no big deal. I've been paying my own bills my whole life. I know how to, you know, balance my checkbook, whatever. And if it were easy, everybody would do it. And so, yeah, that's that's my sales pitch. You're good at what you do. Let me help you by doing what I'm good at. You know, Kate, 
I'm kind of thinking here again about the job and what you do, and I'm always looking for um, significance or impact in every line of work. And as I think about accounting, there are a lot of people out there who really do not trust capitalism or trust business. And a lot of that's due to a story that they've possibly heard of how people have manipulated numbers or have uh, changed the story through creative accounting, for lack of a better word. And this goes back really to, I would say, the early 2000s. There were some things going on, which has brought the regulations into the public market uh, place. Do you find significance in that of ensuring that you're bringing accurate information to those that you serve and that that accurate information is what makes the difference in their business? Um, absolutely. My previous role as a senior accountant, uh, I was a part of a, of a team. Um, there were seven or eight of us, and that was almost a daily discussion. Um, even though each of us was very, very different, um, as far as like you talked about earlier, giftings and strengths and so on. Um, something that we all had in common was we wanted it to be right. What, you know, what transactions we were posting, how they were being posted, the picture that they were represented. All of us were very committed to making sure that it was correct and right, um, that it was um, conservative. That's one of the principles of accounting is conservatism. Um, so, so in other words, not stretching the truth to make things look better. If anything, you almost make them, you know, look almost a little bit worse, um, just intentionally not to uh, deceive um, any, any financial statement users, investors, um, lenders, and so on. So definitely, um, like I said, that was probably almost a daily conversation and something that was very evident to me that hmm, looking around this room, we're all very, very different. And yet as accountants, we're, we're very much concerned with presenting a correct and right um, picture to financial statement users and anyone else for that matter. So you mentioned two qualities right there. You mentioned someone who is a little conservative. Uh, you didn't say this word in essence, but but I pulled integrity out of it, that it, it, it's good to have a mindset of integrity and doing the right thing. What are some other qualities that make someone a good accountant? Well, like I said earlier, I think um, someone who would be successful in a role like this would not only be detail-oriented, um, which I think is kind of a given um, if you're into numbers, you know, numbers are pretty detailed, but I, I like to see people who are also gifted at seeing the big picture. Um, it's very important to be able to see this, this transaction that I'm doing, this um, thing that happened that I need to incorporate into the financial statements. Does this make sense overall? So I would say a big picture kind of person, um, somebody who is a strategic thinker, somebody who is analytical, um, but also in addition, you know, just like anything else, it, it really takes a lot of different people to make a, t a team successful. So you also 
it's great to have somebody who is just a, you know, I'm showing up to work every day and I'm going to get my tasks done. You know, you don't want somebody that's so heavily into the thinking and the analyzing that they never actually get their work done. Um, so I think the two most important things I would, I would think would be detail oriented as well as understanding the big picture. So you need to be able to think at a macro and a micro level, and that's a pretty unique person. You're right. It is. It's, it's not easy to find that kind of a person, but they're out there. Well, let me ask you this. We're going to talk income ranges here in a moment, but would you say that those unique people that are detail-oriented and strategic thinkers, their opportunity for larger incomes is greater than those who cannot see both? I would definitely say that is the case. Um, in fact, uh, this happened recently at a, at a previous company. Um, there was a person who had, I want to go into all the degrees, but several degrees. Uh, there was also another person who didn't have as many degrees, but had experience. And just having conversations with those people, it was evident that the person who didn't have as many degrees was uh, one of her greatest attributes was she was a problem solver. She knew how to dig in and understand what happened. Wait, what? How, how can this be? And she was tenacious and she would research it and she would figure out what the problem was. And she was able to communicate um, to the owners of the company, oh, here's what happened. Here's where it went wrong, you know, two years ago or whatever the case may be. Whereas this other person with lots of degrees, um, you know, on paper seemed like, wow, this is one heck of an accountant. Not so much. Um, she was more, um, you know, I'll, I'll do what you tell me to do. Um, okay, I'm done with that. What do you need me to do next? Uh, you know, rather than being more um, self-initiating and, um problem solving and digging in whereas the other person seemed to really care about making sure things made sense and um, understanding problems and finding solutions. That's an excellent story and I appreciate you sharing it. It's just the whole aspect that one was a tactician and a great tactician but tell me what to do and the other just found solutions and was willing to share the solutions that uh, he or she, I'm not sure, um, you know, the, the person we're speaking about, but he or she saw and, and the business owners or the managers really appreciate when people come alongside them and partner with them and help them do a better job. That person really, really stood out to the owners too. I can tell you um, some things were switched around in the accounting department and this particular person held on to her job and the other didn't. Interesting. So I'm just going to say it in this episode. And if you watch anything that I do, you're going to hear it over and over. But a college degree is very important, but it's your ticket to entry only. Going forward, it is how you um, deliver the results, plain and simple. 
And uh, your income changes because of how you deliver results. Whether you keep a job or not is based on your results. has nothing to do with your degree. It's only a ticket of entry. 100% agree. Couldn't agree more. Well, Kate, I want to ask one more question on the qualities here of accounting. Because if I go back to my school days, I would have thought, hey, you're good at math. You should be an accountant. And I have a business degree at this point, and as a part of my business degree, I had to take a few accounting courses. And when I took those courses, what I realized, it wasn't me sitting at a piece of paper like high school where I was writing out the equations and solving them. Really, I was more in a spreadsheet, and the spreadsheet was doing the math. Now, I had to understand the numbers and what was going on, but it wasn't that I was necessarily this great mathematician as much as I just understood what was going on in the numbers. If we were to kind of wait that out, I mean, does one need to be amazing at math with numbers or does one need to really know how to manipulate a spreadsheet and understand what's happening? Which is better? I would say the latter. Um, You need to be able to understand if you're, let's just take the spreadsheet example. If, If you're working on a spreadsheet and you change this number over here, and then boom, you see what the result is, you have to be able to think, okay, does that make sense? So it's not that you need to be able to remember how to solve a quadratic equation from 11th grade, but you need to understand that that thing I just did makes sense in the overall picture. So in accounting, you might be tweaking something by say creating a journal entry or whatever, then you're gonna flip over to another screen and you're gonna look at an income statement or a balance sheet, and you're going to be able to see, whoa, 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 whoa. That's that's not what was supposed to happen. Does that make sense? No, it absolutely does. And I think that will really bring um, some enlightenment to our listeners that it's not really just about being a great numbers person. It's really uh, as much about understanding a software program and knowing how to use it well. So I appreciate that very much. You know, you've given me a great insight into this role uh, in, in general. I know if we were in a larger company, we could break these out into, you know, what is accounts payable and what is accounts receivable. And I'm sure it breaks out even further from there. But from this session, it's been an amazing conversation. As I promised my listeners, we do every time we do want to talk income ranges. We want to give people an idea of what they can expect. So I just graduated college. I'm coming out with my accounting degree. Can you give me a range of what I could expect as an offer for uh, a starting role within a mid-sized company or maybe uh, uh, just just a range that might work for most? So I would say a mid-sized company with a college degree. And by mid-sized, I mean, you know, 30 to $50 million a year in revenue. Um, I would say a good range starting out would be forty to 50000 And I know that's a big range. Um, but it, it, it just is what it is. And without getting into all the niches, you've spent three, five, ten years in a role. What can one grow to? Because if we're going to invest in something, we want to see our incomes rise. What can one make after years of experience? Um, the senior accountant roles in this previous company I was at actually ranged from about sixty to 90000 um, Everybody had, I would say, seven to 15 years experience. All right. And then I would assume that as you niche out, if you become a specialist in some various areas and 
uh, take on a role or maybe move into other levels of finance, that the opportunity is even greater than what was mentioned, but that's a good safe number of what some could uh, expect. I would say so, yeah. Yeah, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, Kate, uh, I think the one thing I haven't asked is, uh, to me, it's a given that I think a college degree would be required in this role, but is a college degree a requirement or at least a, a best practice? It's definitely a best practice, and I I couldn't recommend it enough. I, I would definitely recommend a four-year degree. And that would be in accounting specifically, or are there a range of degrees that would get you in the door? I would say uh, a business administration degree would get you in the door. Uh, again, it's going to depend on what type of company you're looking to get into. Um, but accounting would be preferable if that's, you know, the direction that you want to head. I would I would go with an accounting degree. Now, I just mentioned I have a business degree. I have an MBA, Kate. And uh, along that journey of all my business, I took some accounting courses. Is, is the... Uh, now, I would not say I graduated ready to be an accountant. At the same manner, if you're going for your accounting degree, just like I had some accounting courses, are there business courses a part of those degree programs? Definitely. In fact, if, you, if you're going to go into public accounting and be a CPA, um, just to sit for the CPA exam, the requirement is 150 credit hours um, and 33 have to be in accounting and 27 in business. So it's almost even. Yeah, that's excellent. And and that definitely helps you become that well-rounded person you were talking about. So highly recommended at that point. Well, Kate, my last question of the day is this. Uh, We have listeners, maybe they're interested in pursuing the career of an accountant after listening to this episode. Maybe we have someone who is not happy in their current role, and this looks like something they would like to transition into. What are some little uh, nuggets of success you might give in order to really successfully make that leap and and pursue this career? Well, I would say a couple of things. Um, When you're you're working for a company, especially in an accounting department, um, if you have, if you're a person who has a genuine concern for the company's best interest, that's huge. Um, If you're somebody who's just diligently and constantly looking out for things that could become problems, um, or you're searching for ways to improve things, to improve the success of the company, you're going to stand out. Um, Another thing that I'm thinking of is, um, this, this might seem kind of funny, but try to overcome that stereotype of, you know, that the caricature of being a bean counter. Um, because a, a component of being successful in any business is being personable as well, right? You want to be Absolutely. approachable and upbeat. You want to be that person in the company who um, just has a reputation that, that you can be trusted, that you're going to be honest and upright, but also interesting to talk to and good-natured. Um, you know, if you have a role where you're, you have the opportunity to speak with other people in different departments, don't use too many acronyms. Don't sound like an accountant. You know what I mean? Don't be a fuddy-duddy, if you will. Um, stand out and be personable and kind of overcome that sort of straitjacket accountant caricature. LinkedIn puts on a um, big 
conference every year. I think it's called Talent Connect. And the 2018 version of it, I was listening to one of the sessions by the CEO of uh, LinkedIn, and he stated that the number one skills gap in America is not any of the hard skills. There's plenty of IT guys. There's plenty of accountants. There's plenty of you name it. It's in the area of relational soft skills, that ability to actually connect with and relate to people and be personable. And I thought the one thing he said was very uh, interesting. He said, hey, with the increase of technology and AI and the ability of computers and robots to do so many things now, they these robots or these computers may get to the point where they can do the hard task. So in this conversation, it may become a day where accounting is automated. I don't know if that's possible or not, but hey, it could happen. But he he was clear to say that the one thing that technology will never be able to do is relate with human beings. And so job security is truly through being able to relate with others and keep those connections. I just thought it was a fantastic conversation he had. Oh, and that's huge. And that's why, um, you know, like DISC and other different tools are so important and so crucial um, for companies to have in place ways for people to grow in the way that they communicate and get along with other people and and, um, be able to put people where they need to be as far as their strengths and, you know, take people away from where they don't need to be um, so that the team and the business itself can be better. Absolutely. Well, Kate, my least favorite time of each episode has come. We have made it to that time where I have to call this thing to an end. I want to let you know that I have learned a lot during this conversation. It's actually one of my favorite things about hosting this podcast is how much I learn about so many other roles uh, in the world that we live. I want to thank you for taking a stereotypical picture that I may have had in my mind and showing me what the role actually looks like. And I know you've done that for others. And for that, I I can't say, or I really can't even express how grateful I am to you for taking your time today. Oh, fantastic. I had a great time. Thanks for having me. This program is only possible with the support of guests that care about helping others find their calling. If you or someone you know would be interested in sharing, please email us at cdl at stopclowningaround.com.